You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Breaking news. There's a lot of breaking news, so let's get started with it. The most significant breaking news is Christian McCaffrey is going to be back at, uh, at practice, which means he's probably going to suit up for the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not a great matchup for him, but... You know, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be productive. He'll get a lot of receiving yards. He'll get his rushing yards. He'll be just fine. Um, I, In regards to starting him, you know, if you have him, I'd start him. Why not? I mean, if you wasted a first overall or top three pick on him, you're, you're not going to have much in the in the bank in regards to who you're going to start ahead of him. So give him a shot. I think it's worth it. And it's Christian freaking McCaffrey. So uh, it's a shame Mike Davis is – Time has come to an end of being the bell cow back, but uh, you're, you're not going to be disappointed that Christian McCaffrey is ready and going to be a, a really effective player from here on out. Perfect timing for the Carolina Panthers because they're kind of on a losing streak and they need to get off that schneid and stack some wins. So Dexter Williams is in line to start for the Packers. Now this whole thing is just crazy. We have this. This game's going to be talked about a lot in the breaking news because there's just so much around it right now. So Dexter Williams is probably going to start because Jamal Williams is a, a close contact of AJ Dillon, who got you know got COVID, was on the COVID list, and so that's going to take Dillon and Jamal Williams out of the game just because uh, they won't have enough time to get through testing protocols to be able to play. And that's just crazy. Like, hey, you're my buddy, man. Let's hang out or, you know, practicing together on the field and right by each other. And then now both of them are taken out. Aaron Jones isn't going to be ready. They're going to give him an extra week to get healthy, which is, is a good move in my eyes. But that doesn't leave them with much. So, you know, Dexter Williams is the guy. People are probably clamoring for the waiver wire to pick him up. I... I'm not sure that I would, just because it's against the 49ers, who are great against that running back position. And, I mean, I, I haven't seen Dexter Williams really play. I don't think anybody has. The opportunity is potentially there, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just not sold on it. But, yeah, I mean, if you're really hurting with bye weeks or injuries, because there are a bunch of injuries, Dexter Williams might be a, a play that you, you know, plug him in at least you'll know that it'll get some uh, some yards but you definitely need to pay attention to Aaron Jones because uh, based off the situation they might just try to sneak him in there to to play this game on Thursday if there is a game on Thursday which we'll get to here um, Isaiah Ford traded to New England for a late round draft pick and you guys all know if you listen to the podcast that I'm pretty high on Isaiah Ford he started uh, his target volume started going even past Preston Williams for a couple weeks, and then it kind of dwindled down again, and Preston Williams took his rightful throne as the number two receiver. Isaiah Ford was worked more in that slot 
position, um, you know, as a slot receiver. And this is a great fit going to New England. And those sneaky, sneaky Patriots, they uh, do this a lot where they get this, you know, and it's usually with inner. Uh, interdivision opponents where they might underutilize a guy or mismanage a guy and then the Patriots swoop in and make him a really good player. You know, they did it with Danny Amendola. They did it with Chris Hogan. They did it with Wes Welker back in the day. Uh, they, they know how to take a division receivers and then uh, turn it against uh, the division once they acquire them. So I, I like this uh, trade by the Patriots. Julian Edelman is hurt. He's out. He's on IR. Isaiah Ford, I think, is obviously a way younger Edelman and can be be a bigger play guy. I mean, Edelman's going to be a solid contributor, even though he's been dropping a lot of balls this year. Um, I, I think Ford can really be a, a weapon for the Patriots. I really like his skill set. So uh, having said that, you're obviously not going to trade for him. The Patriots offense is a mess, or I should say pick him up off the waiver wire if he's available on the waiver wire. Um, I, I wouldn't go there yet. I'd see what their offense looks like. and uh, But it's something to consider down the road. We, you know, we might be putting Isaiah Ford back up on the uh, acquire list off the waiver wires if uh, he's getting enough targets for the uh, Patriots. So something to monitor. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Something else to monitor. DeAndre Washington was traded to the Dolphins by the Chiefs. You know, he went to the Chiefs. You thought he would, you know, get a lot of play. He's been really quiet. I mean, he's like fourth on the depth chart behind, you know, Daryl Williams and Le'Veon Bell. So this is a good trade for the Dolphins. Miles Gaskins is hurt. So that's something else that you need to be aware of. You're not going to be able to play Miles Gaskins. And uh, obviously, DeAndre Washington's not going to make a difference this week, but you know, next week, a couple weeks down the road, he could be part of this offense. Uh, I think they've given up on Jordan Howard, but um, yeah, I, I, with Miles Gaskins being hurt, um, I think Matt Breida is going to be the play for the Dolphins until they can get DeAndre Washington kind of settled into the playbook. So, if you're in a tight uh, pinch this week in regards to rosters you need someone to start old friend Matt Breda is the guy to pick up for the Dolphins and he, he might be able to get you some fantasy production um, moving on from that we have the uh, Bill Belichick uh, I like to I wanted to bring this up because I think it's pretty uh, it's pretty it's, it's funny, though. It's just, you know, you build a team. Salary cap's part of building a team. Bill Belichick said, you know, we're not competitive this year. It's salary cap. We just don't have, an, you know, have the money to pay talent. And here's the thing. Bill Belichick is a coach slash GM. And he's an amazing coach. He has always been an amazing coach, even though he, he does, you know, he, he has been known to cheat here and there. But he's a good coach. And as a GM, though, he's not been that good. And I, I think you see this with a lot of coaches where the guy can coach and he wants to shop for his own groceries. You know, Bill Parcells, who, who kind of coined that term, he was able to do it. But there's not too many people that are able to do this. Uh, it, it's tough to be a coach slash 
general manager. And usually when the coach is a general manager, their talent acquisition is not very good. And you see it with Bill Belichick. I think a lot of his warts in regards to his GM abilities have been covered by Tom Brady and you know his aging core. Now that Tom Brady left, there's you're starting to see all the warts from the development standpoint. You know, they made bad trades. They got rid of a lot of good players, thinking that they could uh, just get lesser options that would buy into the Patriot way. And now you're seeing the Patriot way was really just the Tom Brady way because, uh, yeah, their their draft picks have been horrible. If you go over the draft history, I mean, even the first two rounds alone has, has been pretty mediocre. So, you know, you, you, when you watch the Patriots draft, you're not worried about any of those acquisitions that they make or, or that they draft because um, they just have done a really poor job of it. And it's funny to see Bill Belichick saying, you know, this is why it's, uh, it's a salary cap. Well, you're the general manager. You're supposed to be figuring this out and have this, you know, the, the puzzle put together. And the fact that you don't and the team looks this bad. Uh, but you can't knock the guy. You know, he's won a lot of championships. And that's kind of the cost you pay from winning championships. Every team goes through these cycles where they lose their top talent and then they're not as good. And uh, I just think a lot of people are excited to see it finally happening to, to Bill Belichick. Uh, the Ravens have a gaggle, or I should say a plethora, of players on the COVID list this week. The, the most notable ones are Marlon Humphrey, Matthew Judon, and Patrick Queen. That's uh, a lot of talented people on their defense. They, uh, we'll, we'll see if they're able to play the Sunday. It's up in the air. If those guys don't play, I think that's really going to affect their defense because they're already kind of hurt in the secondary. And then when you lose two of their, you know, two of your top uh, linebackers, that's a that's a big blow. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if the uh, the Ravens are going to have that stout defense that they normally do if those guys don't play. But there's still plenty of time. I think they end up pulling it through and end up uh, being able to play. But like I said, we'll see. Staying on the COVID action, Kendrick Bourne tested positive. So the 49ers facility was shut down. This potentially could put the Thursday night game at risk. If they come up with any more positive tests, it's going to be trouble for Thursday night. So let's hope that uh, they got it under control. Kendrick Bourne is quarantining, and there's no other outbreaks, so the game can be played. But uh, we'll see. It's depending on, uh, well, today. If you're listening to this, it's going to be today that we're going to find out. So uh, obviously the game is going to be today. So uh, we'll We'll see if it, end up, it ends up happening. I, I think it does. You would have gotten kind of a, a bigger like inkling or a bigger news cycle about the game if really people thought it was in jeopardy. It doesn't appear to be the case. And then the last two big uh, things of, I guess, news-related uh, stuff. Ted Ginn Jr. was released by the Bears. And that's not a surprise. I mean, Ted Ginn signed with the Bears from the Saints. And you thought he might be able to be uh, productive in that offense, but the offense is horrible. You know, nobody's doing anything. Mooney and Robinson are, uh, you know, Robinson's awesome. Uh, Mooney's decent, but, you know, they just can't get the receivers the ball. And Ted Ginn's really been phased out of that offense. So 
it's kind of a good move by the Bears. It's a good move for Ted Ginn. He can maybe go somewhere where he's better utilized, uh, you know, that they can use his speed. Because the Bears can't really use his speed because they can't, you know, their accuracy on their deep balls are, is pretty bad. So they, it's not like they'd be able to hit Ted Ginn Jr. on a fly pattern anyway. Uh, and then Dante Pettis, he was released by the 49ers. And all I got to say is thank God. I mean, he was like the hot commodity wide receiver for fantasy, not the beginning of this year, but the beginning of last year. You heard so much about Dante Pettis and how he's going to have a breakout year. And then, you know, he went promptly into Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. So Kyle Shanahan has, you know, continuously had him in his doghouse. Uh, He's made appearances. And then uh, I think the final straw was this last week, he, he you know, had a fumble where they lost the ball. And Kyle Shanahan's like, this is it. You're done. I couldn't trade him. Nobody wanted him. And this is just, you know, one of those things where you had huge expectations for Dante Pettis uh, last year, and it never came about. And it's just been a downhill slide ever since then, and this is the final result of that. Now he's not on a team, and he's looking for employment, um, which, you know, that's unfortunate. Because Dante Pettis definitely had, uh, you know, he flashed some talent with his punt returning skills and uh, receiving skills a couple years ago. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview. Starting now. Our weekly preview. The first thing I'd like to mention is the buys. So the Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns all have buys. And for three of these teams, it couldn't come at a better time. The Philadelphia Eagles have a chance to get healthy. The Bengals, you know, starting to build some chemistry with their team. The extra work could do them well for the stretch run. They're starting to be really competitive. And... You know, they just got uh, that victory over the Tennessee Titans, who are a pretty good team. And then the Cleveland Browns, they're fading, and so they need to figure it out. And this bye can give them the chance to do that. So, uh, first game that we're going to preview is the New York Giants at the Washington football team. The Washington football team is favored by three points at home. And... Everyone's going with Washington, but I'm picking the Giants. You give me the three points in a in a, a uh, NFC East matchup, I'm going to take it, especially with two teams that are really mediocre. This game could really go either way. The first matchup was like what by one point, Washington won. Uh, the Giants do find ways to lose games, but I think this game is going to be close and it's going to be a defensive battle. Having said that, for your starts. For the Giants, anyway. The only two Giants that I'm starting in this game is Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. I just think uh, Sterling Shepard's going to get a lot of volume. 
And Evan Ingram has a really good matchup against the Washington football team. The, the Washington football team defense does a lot of things well. Defending tight ends, not one of them. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram gets a lot of targets. He just really hasn't been able to do anything with them yet. So maybe this is the first game where he really comes alive and uh, that, uh, that has improved chemistry with Daniel Jones. The on the sits obviously is Daniel Jones. I don't like this matchup for him at all. I, you know, I, I think he has the potential to turn the ball over a lot, and especially in this matchup, it could happen quite a bit. Uh, Wayne Gallman, if he plays, or I'm sorry, Devontae Freeman, if he plays, he's uh, he's on the bench anyways. Not a really good matchup for him. So obviously, if Wayne Gallman ends up playing because of the Freeman injury then uh, I don't like him either, so he's on the bench. And then Darius Slayton and Golden Tate, I have them on the bench as well. I, I don't see them being significant contributors, so I guess we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game for the Giants. And then for the Redskins, you're starting Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has an amazing matchup. He needs to be started on all formats. I think Terry McLaurin could have a... Yeah, top 10 week for sure. And uh, that my only concern, obviously, is he's probably going to be put on Bradbury. And James Bradbury is a really good corner for the Giants, really shutting down the other team's top receivers. Uh, but Terry McLaurin seems to be matchup proof. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, if he gets better quarterback play, he's going to be even better. Uh, so I'm, I'm waiting for that day to happen. Antonio Gibson, I just like the, you know, his rushing ability on top of his receiving ability. I think it makes him the better play. Just from a volume standpoint, he'd be the guy that I'd feel really confident about in this matchup starting. Sitting everybody else, though, Kyle Allen, J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas. Just sit the rest of them. And, you know, Dontrell Inman or whatever the Washington's or, uh, second receiver is. They all need to be on the bench. They're not going to score a lot of points either in this one. So, uh, want to start off with this game because it's really there's not a lot of talk to talk about, and I think it might be a pretty boring game. This next game is going to be a little bit better. The Chicago Bears at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are favored by five and a half points, and I know they just lost to the Bengals, but I'm actually taking Tennessee and the points. I think they win by more than five and a half. The Bears offense doesn't scare me whatsoever. And I know the Titans don't have a great defense, but uh, I'm I'm just not feeling the, the Bears in this one. You're, in regards to who you're starting and sitting, you're starting Nick Foles. You're starting Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham, David Montgomery. You're actually starting a lot of people on the Bears. Uh, David Montgomery has a great matchup, but it, it, you know if, if you listen to the podcast, uh, I talk about Montgomery quite a bit, and I just he's a meddling type of running back. I mean, I, I think the Bears' offensive line contributes to that, but you know he gets like sixty yards and a touchdown, and that's his day, and that makes it a, a decent day for him is those touchdowns, and he's really touchdown dependent. If he doesn't get those touchdowns, he's going to get like you know forty to. 60 mid 60 you know yards and uh in a fancy football matchup that doesn't really you know it, it's not uh 
a, a nail in the coffin type play by any means, but uh, you definitely want more from that running back position. But uh, regardless, this is a good spot for him. He has a good matchup, so you're playing him. Allen Robinson, you're definitely playing him. I think he has a huge game this game. I like him a lot. Darnell Mooney, he's really coming along and getting a lot more targets with Nick Foles, so I think uh, he's just going to show that progression, especially in this matchup. And then Jimmy Graham, you know, he had a great matchup last week and didn't produce. So I think that changes. I think he comes back this week and has a good good day uh, with Nick Foles throwing him the ball. Uh, sitting, Cordero Patterson, uh, he's not going to have a, a really, you know, that good of a day here. And then uh, Anthony Miller in the slot. I just think that the uh, if Desmond King plays especially, I think he's a really good slot cornerback. I know it's early, so he might not be available. But uh, if he is, I'm definitely benching Anthony Miller. On the other side of the ball with the Titans, you're starting Derrick Henry because it's Derrick Henry. He doesn't necessarily have a good matchup, but I'm not even going to asterisk this at all. Like Derrick Henry could have a big game against anybody, so you're starting him. And then I have uh, Janu Smith. He's been uh, really bad the last three weeks. You you want more from Janu Smith than what he's been providing. But I think this is a game he turns it around because the uh, the Bears, they they don't do a good job of defending the tight end. So uh, Ryan Tannehill, this is a game where you sit him. I think he's going to be a little less effective against Chicago. This is going to be more of a – they're going to have to rely on Derrick Henry a little bit more. Uh, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. I don't like benching all three wide receivers, but in this case with the Titans, I am doing it. I, I, I don't think that they have big games. And if you have A.J. Brown, I know you're starting him. Uh, just temper your expectations on it. He might not have as big of a game as what you what you want. Uh, the, the Bears do a good job against that wide receiver position. So, like I said, this game's a little bit better, so we're... As we're going, we're getting better and better matchups. And uh, let's move on to the next one. This next game is the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored by four points at home, and I believe them. I'm taking the Vikings in the four points. I think they win, especially if Matthew Stafford doesn't play. Now, I will say he is in line to play. If he tests negative all the way up to game day he will be in but uh, there's still that opportunity that Chase Daniel ends up playing instead and if that's the case I definitely think Minnesota wins by uh, more than four points regards to start and sit you're starting Matthew Stafford slash Chase Daniel whoever the quarterback is the Vikings pass defense is one of the worst in the league they can't cover anybody and even with a backup quarterback, I think the the backup quarterback could have a decent game in this one. That's how bad the Viking secondary is. And it's just, uh, like I said, it's a shell of, of its former self. They used to be pretty dominant with uh, Rhodes and Wayne, and everybody's gone now. And they have a lot of young guys, so hopefully, uh, you know, it's uh, as the season progresses, they start getting better. But as of right now, they, they, they can't defend the pass. DeAndre Swift, Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall, Danny Amendola. I like all of them in this matchup. I think uh, especially Marvin Hall. 
this is going to be crazy because Kenny Galladay is hurt. He's not going to be playing. So him sitting out of this game, there's a lot of talk about Marvin Jones stepping up, and he's playing better. You know, he's had an atrocious start to the season where, you know, if you were smart, you dropped him, and he's still probably not worth picking up yet. But with Galladay being out, Marvin Jones could have a big game. But here's someone else I think has a bigger game. I think Marvin Hall is actually the play for the Lions. He's, you know, like the, what, third, fourth-string receiver. But he's a big play guy. He has some speed, and he takes the top off of the, uh, you know, off the defense. He, uh, I I think uh, he's going to have some big plays and score some, you know, long touchdowns. So it's someone to to think about. Uh, if, If you need a receiver, he might be a good one week pickup. He also, if you're a fan duel, DraftKings, he's really cheap. So this could be a high play option. Now you are taking a gamble because you're banking on those big plays to happen. But I think they do. And he had like seven catches last uh, last game. So he's getting the ball thrown to him. I just like it. I like the matchup. I think he has a good game. DeAndre Swift, he's taking over the role from Adrian Peterson. I so me saying DeAndre Swift, I think catching the ball, rush, you know, rushing the ball, the volume's just going to it keeps increasing. I think it increases even more. Good matchup against the Vikings. Having said that, I'm sitting Adrian Peterson cuz I think he's fading and uh I, I don't want to take the risk that he, you know, especially with the lesser volume, I don't think Adrian Peterson turns out to be a good play. And then uh TJ Hawkinson, obviously you're playing him. He's tight end. He's doing well. This is a good matchup, so play him. On the Viking side of the ball, you are starting Dalvin Cook. This is, I mean, he had a great matchup last week. He has a good matchup this week. Dalvin Cook just has a lot of really good matchups. So he's a, you know, he's a guy that you don't have to talk about benching or sitting because he's the top running back in the NFL. Um, who else? I... I like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I think they both can be productive. I think the biggest thing with the receivers is it depends on how well they run the ball. If they're running the ball like they did last week with Devin Cook, you're not going to see a lot of volume and targets for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Less so for Jefferson than Thielen. So that, I think that hurts Jefferson if they really are establishing the run. But if not, they both are really good plays. And especially against this Lions defense, I think they can do some things. And I like Jefferson a little bit better than Thielen because I think Slay is on Thielen. Uh, that could really uh, open the door for Justin Jefferson. And then Irv Smith, I think he has a really good game. Target-wise, volume-wise, I, I think they try to use him a lot against this uh, Detroit Lions defense. And you need to be playing him. This is going to be a fun little game. This preview is the Carolina Panthers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 10.5 points. So I think the Chiefs can do it for sure. They, they've been beating a lot of teams by double-digit points. But I'm taking the Panthers for, for whatever reason. I think uh, this game doesn't match up very well for the Chiefs. And the Panthers should be somewhat competitive. Chiefs still win, but I don't think they cover in this one. Starting Christian McCaffrey, 
He's uh, going to be a threat. Catching the ball, running the ball, regardless. Chiefs uh, more so receiving, though, because the Chiefs do all right now stopping the run. They're not so good at stopping the uh, the, receiver, the receiver out of the backfield. So uh, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't end up playing for whatever reason, Mike Davis can be plugged in there and do just as well. So it's worth having him in there. And then Curtis Samuel, he's, you know, I think last week they finally were like, hey, this is how we use Curtis Samuel. So he can run the ball, catch the ball, trick plays. It's all there, and uh, it should be a good he should be a good play. I just like him in this matchup, especially if he's playing in the slot. You're, you're sitting Teddy Bridgewater. Unfortunately, this isn't a good matchup for him. The, the Chiefs can they have a pretty good pass rush now. Uh, they're able to lock down quarterbacks. So I, I don't like this matchup for Teddy Bridgewater. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. It's tough to put them both on my do not start list, but I'm sitting both of them. I don't think they have good, you know, you could say, hey, the volume will be there, especially if they get behind with the Chiefs. But I don't see the flow of this game going that way. And uh, I think that uh, Curtis Samuel will be the receiver to have at the end of the day. Ian Thomas, you know, we don't really need to talk about him because even in good matchups, he doesn't necessarily have top uh, fantasy production. So, just so you know, he's a sit. This isn't a good matchup for him. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he's starting. You're always starting him. He does, Even if he has a bad matchup, he's going to dominate. Uh, this wasn't a great matchup. Panthers do a good job of stopping the quarterback, but it's Patrick Mahomes. He can do what he wants, and we're going to do what we want by starting him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm starting him over Bell. Uh, they both could be good options, especially if Bell hawks or vultures some of the uh, touchdowns from Hilaire. But volume-wise, I just think Edwards Hilaire is going to be more involved in the offense and, and have larger volume. So I'm always going to play that. And it's an amazing matchup against these Panthers. Uh, Panthers are a horrible team at stopping the running back, especially receiving-wise, the uh teams can pass to the running backs all day on these Panthers, and I think that really suits both running backs, Bell and Edwards Hilaire, pretty well. So you're uh, you're starting them. Uh, but I, d- I do have Bell on the bench just because, again, volume-wise, I'm not sure he's going to be relevant. But uh, that could change. If he gets touchdowns, uh, still some of those touchdowns, he could end up having a, a pretty good fantasy day. Uh, but I'm predicting he doesn't. Um, let's see what else. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, not good matchups for them either, but you're starting them because they're the top players at their position. Tyree Kill is the second best receiver right now, fantasy football wise. Travis Kelsey is number one. So you're playing both of those guys without hesitation. And then sitting wise, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robertson. You're, you're sitting them. And I already mentioned that Vion Bell. But uh, I expect this to be, you know, a game in the 20s, like 28 uh, 20, 28-20 sounds about like a good score. Um, it'll be one of those games where you're, you know, it's going to be a lot of action. You, you think they, they should be scoring more than they are, but uh, a lot is going to be going on with it. It should be, it should be fun to watch. 
This next game, when I saw it coming up on the schedule, I thought it was going to be fantasy football goodness. I just really liked the uh, this matchup a lot. But then the magic Minshew mustache is not going to be involved. And that totally kind of put a bomb over my expectations of this game. I, I don't think it's going to be competitive at all. It's not going to be fun to watch, especially if you're a Jaguars fan. And, you know, Houston's favored by seven, and I'm giving it to them. I think Houston wins by seven or more in this matchup. And that's crazy to say because it's a matchup between two one-win teams. It's a division game. Usually division games are close. But with Gardner Minshew being, uh, you know, with the thumb injury, he's going to be benched. They're not happy with his production, so obviously with the thumb injury, they're they're not going to be throwing him out there. And they're going to see what they have in Jake Luton. And he's the Oregon State guy. He was drafted in the seventh round, sixth round, seventh round. Um, regardless, he's wasn't supposed to be playing this year, and here we are. He has a really good matchup against the Houston Texans, but I'm not buying that. I'm sitting him on the bench. I don't care how good the matchup is. I've never seen this guy play. Well, I've seen him play in college, but I haven't seen him play in the NFL, and those are two different beasts. And being such a low draft pick, just getting thrown out to the Wolves, I am not confident in the Jaguars' offense in this one. So I'm basically sitting everybody. I'm sitting LaVishka Chenault, Keelan Cole, Tyler Eifert. Uh, I'm, I'm starting James Robinson because he actually has a really good matchup against these Texans. Uh, he, If he can get something going, that will be the Jaguars' only chance at success in this one. But... You know, if I'm the Texans, I'm focused on stopping James Robinson, and I think I win. I put DJ Chark as a start option, too, because, you know, if they're playing from behind especially, they're going to have to be throwing a lot of balls at the end of the game, kind of like, you know, the garbage time game, uh, garbage time uh, situation with DJ Chark being their best receiver. I think he's the one that gets those uh, passes, so... Uh, but this is just going to be a nightmare for the Jaguars. Starting on the Texan side, Deshaun Watson. Love Deshaun Watson. He has an, a great uh, matchup here. This is the one he should excel at. He does excel against the Jaguars. David Johnson, same thing. you got to like David Johnson's matchup here. He should. He's due for a big game, and especially if they get a big lead. Uh, I can see Romeo Cornell trying to milk the clock a little bit and you know, using David Johnson a little bit more to uh, to do that. So there's intrigue with David Johnson. And Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. I like them all. Uh, I'll be honest, though, between all three of them, I like Fuller and Cooks. I don't like Cobb as much in this one. But, again, I, if you have them on your team, you're starting all three because they have uh, – Really big upside in this matchup. And then I have Darren Fells or Jordan Akins. I have them both as starters, and they should be starters. But my only issue with it is Akins is coming back from his concussion, so he'll play. That's, you know, how are they going to split up those two targets between those two tight ends? You know, and then you have the three receivers. That's just a lot of targets to go around. I don't know how it's going to work out between the two. But, uh, 
yeah, it's especially the tight end position's been kind of, you know, Death Valley in regards to production. You, you might want to roll them out anyways and see what you get, and uh, it's a good matchup for them, so that you you might get lucky. This next one I'm really intrigued about. These are the the fun games where there's not very much scoring, but it's not because of really bad offense. It's because of great defense, and I like to watch these games just as much. Uh, if not more so than just two offenses, is you know shooting it out and uh, leaving the defense in the dust. This is the Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts. The Ravens are favored by two and a half, and I'm going with the Ravens on this one. You know they lost to the Steelers. They're pretty angry about that. I think they're a better team than the Colts, and you know obviously with the COVID situation that we talked about. Maybe uh, I would pivot to the Colts if a significant amount of players aren't going to be able to play. But uh, I'm treating it as if they are, and I think the Colts can win by more than a field goal. So I'm definitely taking the Ravens in the you know get with a spread matchup. Starting wise for the Ravens, I am starting Hollywood Brown, and that's really it. Uh, actually, I take that back. I'm starting Hollywood Brown and J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is because Mark Ingram's probably not going to play this week, and that leaves the backfield to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And I just think that I'm I like J.K. Dobbins in this one. I mean, you saw what he did against the Steelers, who have a great pass uh, rushing defense. And of course, Steelers had injuries, but uh, I, I think he can do the same thing against this amazing Colts defense. So we, we'll see, and especially because they're not going to be able to do very much. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to be able to pass very well against this team, uh, but Hollywood Brown would be the one to target uh, as a pass catcher because I think he gets the most targets, and he can get lucky with the touchdown like he did last week against the Steelers. But he's the only guy in regards to... The, you know, catching passes and getting targeted in the, the passing offense. Benching everyone else. So, obviously, if those are my only two starters, I'm benching everyone else. Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, Ingram's hurt. Gus Edwards. I, I don't think that uh, there's room for two running backs to have big games in this one. Miles Boykins, Willie Sneed. Just uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has a horrible matchup in this one. I know Mark Andrews is supposed to be a top tight end who isn't getting targeted as much as we want him to, uh, but this is he's not going to get targeted in this one either. This is just a really bad matchup for him. And, you know, former MVP Lamar Jackson, he's had a tough go of it, but he's had a really tough schedule too lately. So that's, uh, that's how it's going to work out sometimes. Like he's a rushing threat, but you take away the run and try to make him pass – he can't always do that, and that's just Lamar Jackson, and that's fine. He's he's a special talent, but some teams are designed to to be able to do that more than others. And I think the you know the Steelers were one. The the Colts are another that can uh, limit his effectiveness. For the Colts, I'm starting Naheem Hines. The Ravens do a good job against the running back, but they don't do a good job against the running back catching the ball out of the backfield. That job is Naheem Hines. He got two receiving touchdowns last week. I think Phillip Rivers goes to him quite a bit again in this one. Uh, 
and he ends up being a good option. Uh, hopefully he can keep up the touchdown streak for this matchup. I like Mill Ellie Cox and Trey Burton in this one. Tight end-wise, those are both really good matchups. Uh, well, it's a good matchup against the Ravens, and both tight ends seem to be involved in the offense more so than the receivers. It seems like they're kind of pivoting towards the tight ends to be the guys, uh, you know, scheming the tight ends because the, rever- the wide receivers have been pretty unproductive. Uh, so I think that leaves a lot of room for both Mo Alley Cox and Trey Burton to have decent weeks. Sitting wise for the Colts, you know, everyone else, Phillip Rivers needs to be on the bench. I don't think he has a great game. Definitely not like the game he had last week where he was just barely outside of uh, being the uh, top quarterback. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's getting phased out by uh, Jordan Wilkins. He just is, and every week it's more and more obvious. He had a horrible game last week on a great matchup. This is not a good matchup, so I don't expect Jonathan Taylor to do anything. Jordan Wilkins, you know, he's on the bench as well. Even though I think he gets more volume than Taylor this week, it's not against this Ravens defense. Not a good matchup. And then obviously T.Y. Hilton hasn't done anything all year. He's not going to start this week. Put him on your bench. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Zach Paschal, all those guys, they need to be on your bench. This is not going to be a game that Rivers is going to be able to hit those guys. It's going to be a running back and tight end show in this one, uh, especially for the Colts. And, yeah, this is uh, the defensive battles that uh, are fun to watch. This next one is the Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are at home. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with the Broncos here. You know, I, I picked them against the Chargers at home. The Falcons' defense is a lot worse than the Chargers. I think this is kind of a breakout for the Broncos' offense. I really like the way they were coming together in the third and fourth quarter of that Chargers game, and I think it continues in, in this prime matchup for them. I, I really think there's a lot to like for fancy football in this matchup. So I'm I'm taking Denver. And you get me the three and a half points. I think if the Falcons win, it's going to be by a field goal. Uh, if you know, I, I think Denver could actually pull this one out. So uh, give me the Broncos and start sit wise. Uh, Drew Locke, uh, he's primed for a great game. I, I know it's hard and it's it's one of those situations where you you see Drew Locke and you're like, I do not want to play this guy. This guy is not going. Like I don't have any confidence that this guy can get me points. Why am I doing this? And then you do it, and he'll blow up for like three three or four touchdowns, throw for 300 yards against this Falcons uh, defense, and then you're going to be like, oh, that's why I wanted to start Drew Locke. Uh, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I don't, I don't think he throws for four touchdowns, but I think he can get two or three, and then on top of that throw for almost you know close to 350 in this game. Falcons are that bad at uh, playing football. Well, I shouldn't say football. They're that bad at playing defense in football. So uh, Drew Locke, I really like a lot in this matchup. Tim Patrick, you know, Drew Locke's got to throw it somewhere. Tim Patrick's, you know, he's been hurt this week, limited in practice. But I think he comes back and has a great game and is the main target. Jerry Judy, I think you can start him because especially if Tim Patrick doesn't play, the ball has to go somewhere. And then Noah Fant and Albert 
Aquabinum, Aquabinum, <laughs> Aquafina. I, I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name, but I'm starting both tight ends. Uh, I'll just call him Albert O. Albert O has been uh, a big red zone target for the Broncos the last couple weeks. Even last week, you know, Fant got all the yards. Albert O got the touchdown. But uh, Noah Fant, I think, is a top tight end play this week. I think he'll be in the top three. Drew Locke's going to go to him and go to him often. And I think he has a really big day in this one. So, um, yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of gold in this matchup for, you know, if you take any of those Broncos players and you need to be starting them. I'm sitting Phil Lindsay and Melvin Gordon because teams don't really run the ball very much against the Falcons because they don't need to because they can pass and uh, they can get a lot more yards through the air. So uh, Philip Lindsay in this one, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Philip Lindsay is getting over an injury. He's going to play. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling the running backs in this matchup for them. K.J. Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, I'm having them on the bench. The, the, you know, there's too many balls to go around if you're starting all those guys. And I, I obviously think the Fant, uh, Patrick, and Judy Matt, uh, trio is going to get all those targets in the air. So everyone else can be benched. For the Atlanta Falcons, their side of the ball, Matt Ryan, I think you can start. The Broncos have a banged-up secondary. And I've been impressed with their young guys that they've had to play, that are kind of forced in there to play. Of course, uh, Bowie came back, AJ Bowie, so they're a little bit more formidable. But uh, when you when you're throwing it up to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, th- these are these are matchups where they're middle of the road matchups. The Broncos aren't horrible at defending the wide receiver, uh, but uh, they're they're not great. So there's definitely room for big games from both Jones and Ridley and just everyone else though like Hayden Hurst bad matchup for him Broncos can defend the tight end so I'm not looking at Hayden Hurst as an option to play and then Russell Gage too Russell Gage just fell off a cliff he you know he went from the first three games to getting like nine targets a game to just not being relevant for man a month and a half now so uh, those guys are definitely on your bench Todd Gurley you're starting Todd Gurley. He has a pretty good matchup receiving-wise. Broncos don't defend the running back out of the backfield very well. This is where Todd Gurley can really excel. God, uh, Todd Gurley is a... Uh, <laughs> God Turley is a uh, really good back who can uh, do a lot of things and beat you a lot of different ways. And, and the Falcons are really using him like he needs to be used. So I like his usage a lot more than how the, the, the Rams used him. So... Uh, he's definitely a start for you in this game. And I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, you look at the Broncos, and you don't put high-scoring with the, this Broncos offense. But uh, I think in this one, it kind of flips the uh, script a little bit. Get your popcorn out. Get your beer. This is the game everyone's going to be waiting for. This is the Week 9 game of the week. Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. Seattle Seahawks are favored by two and a half points. Two and a half. I think they go all the way to Buffalo and they beat the Bills. So I am taking Seattle, giving up the two and a half points. Seattle's done a great job of going to the East Coast and winning. And although I think the Bills are the 
marquee team in the AFC East. They uh, have been on a little bit of a slide. They haven't been playing very well. They had a close game last week against the Patriots. I, I think Seattle definitely comes in and handles these bills. So who are you starting? Starting Russell Wilson, no question. He's on an MVP-type pace, and even though this isn't the greatest matchup for him, I think he has you know two, three touchdown day, and he's going to be using those tight ends quite a bit. Will Disley, Greg Olson. I'm not sure which one. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. I'd actually lean more towards Disley. I think, you know, Greg Olson's on the field a lot more, but Disley's getting the more high-quality snaps in regards to he's being targeted when he is in there. He scored last week. I think that starts to continue. Greg Olson's been pretty quiet out there in Seattle. So I like Disley a little bit better. Tyler Lockett, you're starting him. And here's my theory. You know, a Seattle wide receiver has a big game, then they're quiet the next. And then after that, they're just fine. They're going to give you solid production. And that will be Tyler Lockett because he was a little bit quiet last week. And, you know, it was DK Metcalf's turn to have a huge week. So having said that, I think this is the week that DK Metcalf kind of settles down and isn't uh, isn't targeted that much. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think it'd be targeted, but just not be as productive. Uh, this is going to be the Tyler Lockett week. I mean, I'm thinking of Tyler Lockett just if, if he's able to play the slot. Uh, this is going to be ugly for the Bills. I really like this matchup for Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, Chris Carson, DJ Dallas, whatever running back ends up playing, you need to have him out there. Carlos Hyde, pay attention. You know, if they're on your roster and they look like they're going to be playing, start them. They have potential to... Do some things against the Bills. I, you know, out of everything I like about the Bills defense, the one disappointment I have is I thought they would be better at, uh, you know, stopping the run than they have been. Um, they're a great defense, but uh, it, it's been pretty disappointing in that aspect. And then even, you know, I think the re- the running backs can get some receiving yards out of the backfield. So I would be putting them in as a start, or at least a flex. I think they definitely deserve a flex play. Uh, For the Bills, Stephon Diggs is going to be a target machine. Seattle cannot stop the pass. So between Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, I think they both have really big games. Diggs is going to be targeted like 17 times this game. Cole Beasley is going to be productive underneath. He might sneak a touchdown or two in this one. John Brown I really like, but uh, I would be starting him to blow the top off off the secondary, but uh, it's really going to come down to that injury. If he's not at 100%, he's going to be not even a factor in this game. And that's what I think you're, you're seeing. John Brown is maybe hurt worse than we think because uh, you're not seeing the speed that you're used to from John Brown, and he's just not being productive. And I think it has to do with that injury. Josh Allen... I like him a lot in this matchup, and it's not necessarily passing the ball. Seattle's horrible at defending running quarterbacks. They rush all over Seattle's defense, and Josh Allen is a good running quarterback. So I think Josh Allen has an amazing day just from just from running the ball. Um, he's going to get a couple touchdowns through the air, you know, rushing. 
uh, this could lead up to a pretty good day for Josh Allen. So I think he gets off the schneid a little bit that he had. He, he's been pretty inconsistent, not putting up the uh, MVP-type numbers he started out the season with. I think this changes here. I, I think he has a top-five quarterback day this week. Um, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, I don't like them in this matchup. Seattle can stop the run. Uh, they also don't allow a ton of receiving yards to the running back. So Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are really getting into like a 50-50 timeshare split type deal. Uh, it's looking like a running back by committee. And I just don't trust the volume for either one of them to make them seem like they're going to be good plays. And then, you know, Dawson Knox, if he's back from COVID, he is on the bench. <laughs> they don't use him in the passing game. And then Tyler Croft, uh, he's on the bench as well. This isn't good. Uh, this isn't a good matchup. For as bad as Seattle was at defending the tight end last year, they've really improved, and that's actually one of their strong suits. So again, this is the uh, the big exciting game. I can't wait to see Seattle go in there and uh, beat the Bills. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, uh, a lot of action. Even if there's not scoring, a lot of action. And this is the game I definitely want to make sure I see. We're done with the show today. Thanks for listening. This is Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban, Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. I hope you're able to take some time out of the week to vote. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, we'll know who won. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy your day, and we'll get right back at it tomorrow. Take care.